0: Welcome to the
1: E... Oh, that's a shame. And
0: sorry, but the person you've called is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. After you've finished your message, just hang up. Or to hear more options, please press 1.
1: Hello, Buddy Windrush. Uh, we were just calling just to see if uh, you had an opinion about uh, Sylvester McCoy. Because we're, we're talking about uh, Sylvester McCoy. And... Uh, hope you're well. Give us a call. Give us a call. Come on. Come on. Come on. Give us a call. And tell us about uh, Sylvester McCoy. Uh, Hope to speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, (laughs) Duggan.
2: And in this episode, it's the McCoy Special! Honey! Quite right, too! Pot wine! Oh, oh Sophie! <laughs> oh, no!
3: All oh, that and more. <laughs> in Doctor Who... The Complete Menagerie! Oh,
0: Ah,
2: oh, this is so exciting. We're back. <clears throat> We're back. Our third episode, and our third episode is... A special, and it's a special of special things. It's the first part of our Sylvester McCoy special... Special.
1: The, the,
2: the so error, error. There's no error in Doctor Who from the McCoy era. No. Uh, Apart from maybe the first episode.
1: I, we will get on to that. We will get on, we to, get on that. to that. We'll but it didn't, we, we have something really special, there, don't we? We have something even really
3: more special. special. What's, what's so special? We, we kind of forgot this last. We have episode. a competition. We, we, we seeded the competition we did in the uh, first episode. Episode one of season three, and then we forgot. We said, "Oh, next time."
1: We'll be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then we just forgot. It was a bit like foreplay, wasn't it? it? Was. Oh, it was kind of uh, we were teasing. The audience. Yeah, we were fondling breasts or tickling balls or you know whatever
3: your whatever whatever your peccadillos are. Mm. Several so mm. pages taking rather candid uh, shots yeah, of it as we too 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 too. Too. as we speak. You'll you'll see them on Twitter, I imagine. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a 48-year-old woman at the moment. <laughs> My hair's a bit off, I must say. Good, actually. Thank you. Yes, this competition. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? We're, we're offering us a, 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 a whole bunch of stuff, aren't we? There's, we are. There's a oh, sack oh, a pile of, of goodies. Pile of shit. And you could win it yeah. with the following question. But you've got to be in it to win it, yeah. right? That's Dale Winter. Well, what's in the sack? Says, Oh, I, mean, I don't know all kinds all of, kind of shit well, well, it the well there's, there's Doctor Who
2: magazines Doctor Who magazines original Target novels sketches from Tom's daughter yes. about Doctor yes. Who yes. there might even be an autograph in there from a 1980s Doctor Who it star it won't be Ian Martyr no, he's dead. No, that's worth a lot of money. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff in there, and it's a whole sack of goodies. It's like the 1980s. Imagine, Imagine
4: Saturday, Saturday, Su- Saturday
2: Superstar. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It was Mike Reed. A Mike, Mike Reed. Racist Reed. <laughs> he's on there. Homophobic <laughs> Reed. And Mark Strickson is saying, "Here we go. We've got the Doctor Who music album signed by me and John Nathan Turner." We don't have that.
1: You've but... just devalued it, Mark. <laughs>
2: But we love you. (laughs) There might even be a vinyl record in this. I'm just saying, it's a really good retro sack.
3: Take part in this competition. It might only take a year and a half to get it to your door. (laughs) 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 The last competition still hasn't been posted.
1: Sorry, Jason. (laughs) Uh, It does not exist. But But our question. What's the question? Well, the question we're posing is... Because we're going all apolitical now, because we've upset people talking about um, Jeremy Corbyn and Donald, Donald Trump Eric and Trump. all that sort of thing. You know, the hard left and the hard right. And the we're old not right going to talk about
3: any more on the podcast. No, mo- no, more, <laughs> no politics. more politics. No more politics. No more politics. No, we're done with politics. Except on Twitter. So, so, so our
1: question is: If the Menagerie was a political party, what would our leading policy be? Yeah. So, tweeters, tweeters. At DW Menagerie. On Twitter, and Sam
3: or Greg will uh, will like it. I, I I can't get the hang of Twitter's. And uh, we've <laughs>
1: removed, we've removed Tom's access because he just used to tweet abuse and be very rude to our listeners. It, it just... We had to change the password. <laughs> it got really embarrassing. Donald control. Trump's blocked him. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Not good. Not good. Sad explanation. Yeah. Fake news. Tiny, um, yeah. so tiny hands. Tiny 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 hands. Do you want tiny, to repeat, the question? Want tiny, to repeat the question there? Yeah, so the question is, if the menagerie was a political party, like, for example, the Liberal Democrats, are they still or the political parties are available, such as the Greens, UKIP, the Tories, Labour, um, <laughs> then what would our leading policy be? Yes, good one. Right...
3: Uh, yeah so yeah
2: tweet it tweet tweet, tweet away. it and also if you go to our website which is also available on uh, dwmanagery at weebly.com you can check us out there send us an email as well if you want to and right. they'll uh,
3: we'll announce the winner at the end of the season is that right yes
2: The we have the, fir- the second part of our Sylvester McCoy special will be going at the end of our season mm. that's so the, this is the first part the second part at the end of the season and we'll be revealing the results of our winner in the
1: finale. Don't forget to enclose us a, a self stumped, uh, stumped address stem to Wood Lane. Paradise Towers. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah, please do. No, enter. You've got nothing to lose apart no, from abusing us on. Nothing to lose, Le trek. And Jason, you can't enter this time. You can't enter? No, no, but, uh, Jason, you can't, can't win. I'm again.
3: fond of Jason entering. <laughs> so we all you know, Greg. like, like to see that. Greg's, Greg's very, 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 very <laughs> fond you know of that. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> very fond of other
2: followers
1: as well. Greg will be
2: out the way soon, so don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're bumping him off <laughs> before Jason. I'm going to be replaced uh, by Milo Yiannopoulos, who's <laughs> <laughs> taking my place. Yep. All of the traditional... Um imbalances between men and women have flipped. And very recently- No, that's And when young men- you May I be allowed to finish? Sorry, I'm, talk, I'm talking about men, darling. When- And, the, and you oh, call darling,
3: darling, darling? Yeah. Rid- And now you think it's funny. No <laughs> politics. <laughs> I think it's fair
2: to say that we're all a little bit giddy. Giddy because, as kippers. Because we're talking about the We're talking about awful. the Sylvester <laughs> McCoy era, which is something which we've put off, because like, we didn't want to run straight into McCoy. No. We, wanted, we wanted to go through the Tom Baker era, which is obligatory, which we all adore. But we grew up with McCoy. We did, yes. We yes. lived in our
3: back bedroom for several months. <laughs> now, Colin
2: was our first doctor, no. probably. No. Well, yours was David, Peter
1: (laughs)
3: Davison. Yeah, Peter Yours was David. Okay. He was my first doctor uh, Okay, so I jumped there. So, okay. No, no, no. No, hang on. There's a line. There's a line. There's a line. I've gone too far. That's the
2: line.
1: You've crossed the line, Sam. You've crossed the line. So, what's the line? It's your line. I thought I crossed the line, You have crossed the line. I do have a line. And
2: here is the line. No, don't talk nonsense, dear. It always makes that funny noise. Is it Michael Winner? <laughs> <laughs> so Is it John on. Pertwee? <laughs> <laughs> say it again. I'll say it one more time. No, don't talk nonsense, dear. It always makes that funny noise. Oh, no Sounds like Mike Yates.
3: Is there a connection to the McCoy era? There may be. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah.
2: Ah. Uh, I'll do it my own voice. No, don't talk nonsense, dear. It always makes that
1: funny I've noise. I've absolutely no idea. Not ringing any bells whatsoever.
2: No, don't talk uh, nonsense,
3: dear. It military... always makes that funny noise. A military man? Is it a military man?
1: No.
2: Battlefield. No. <laughs> but, Tom, you was on a winner there.
3: So it's a McCoy-era story?
2: Of course. Oh, I don't know. Dragon Would it help if I gave you the line before that? Yes. Probably not.
3: <laughs> Go on. I think it may do. OK, go
2: on. There's something wrong with the waste disposal unit.
1: Oh. Paradise.
3: Paradise. Oh, no!
1: No! oh! it's Richard Pryor saying oh, it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not it Richard Pryor. Is it not? No, is it no it's Fagy Tabby. Fagy.
0: Miss oh. Tabby
2: says it to Mel right. and she says, No, don't talk nonsense, dear.
1: It always makes that funny. Now that you've said that, yes. No, don't talk nonsense, dear. It always makes that funny. There yes. we go. Yes, I can hear it now in my mind's
3: I need your mind to hear it. That's a loin.
1: First memories of Doctor Two for all of us. So you said Peter Davison. Peter Davison in the five Doctor Whos. although. I knew that Peter Davison was the incumbent Doctor Who and I I didn't know who all these other people were who were being called Doctor Who in it. So I must have seen parts of season 20, but I have no recollection. So if I had to guess, I think probably the first Doctor Who story I saw was Enlightenment. Right. That's that's a long time ago. Mm. Yeah. You're talking 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thirty years, yeah. Over, over thirty years, yeah. 30 and Tom, your
2: years. first, your first
3: televisual Doctor was. because yeah, I, McCoy, as yeah. everyone knows, uh, I was late to the party, and uh, a late developer. <laughs> yes, I, uh, not like uh, Sam, but he was as hairy as a, as a uh, shush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was as a Chinaman, a a as, as hairy as a Chinaman, and uh, Agador, the agent of the 12. first one I definitely <laughs> remember, <laughs> was indeed, Paradise Towers. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember time of the rally. I remember it being on, I think. But, uh, no, more, Paradise Towers I have a huge memory of. Yeah. Can I ask you
1: a question, Tom? If you really want it to. Because we're the same age. Yes. Within three weeks. Yeah. So, when I watched Paradise Towers, I knew who Richard Bryars was because I'd seen ever-decreasing circles, I think. When you were nine? He, no, uh,
3: no.
1: Did you know who Richard Bryars was? No, I don't think so.
3: Oh. <laughs> I don't think I knew who anyone was back then. Oh. Barely remember Did You didn't recognise <laughs> him off the telly? Uh, I can't remember thinking that's Richard Did you not Bryce. think it's him off the telly? No, no. I don't think so. Well, no. possibly, possibly, possibly. Oh, I can't remember thinking that. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Paradise Towers for me. Gosh, yeah, those yeah. monsters in this yeah. room. That's the first one. Uh, what about Ma- you, Sam? McCoy. Well, Sam my my first, McCoy,
2: amazing, yes. yeah, yeah, as McCoy everyone is knows, it's What was my first Doctor Who*, but then I have a blank between that period. And I think I watched that when I was at somebody else's house, and that's what introduced me to Doctor Who. Didn't come back to it until McCoy's first
3: era. Right. But right. well, we've all met McCoy, haven't we? Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, we've all met him. Yeah.
1: I oh, Sylvester McCoy.
3: Seeing him on the South Bank when he fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, quite early. old. No, He's no, like 70-odd, isn't
1: Yeah. Oh, well into his 70s. And
3: I also queued up to see him when he was autographing a book of absolute dark dalek killer which i've told yeah, the podcast before yeah the early days of the podcast
1: he's a wonderful man well yeah, we i took out my him. nebula 1989 um a brush or more recently 90, he was still okay. the
3: incumbent he was still he was the incumbent,
1: incumbent doctor yeah. who uh, it, it, it literally just been on air you know Jeez. in the 1990 and you know it only just finished they'd only just wrapped filming <laughs> it's incredible really
2: I first met him in 1999, I think it was, and you know he took ten years after he was Doctor, and he still looked
3: like the Doctor. Yeah.
2: He didn't he hadn't changed. He was wearing the same outfit and everything. I think he, he still, still wears the
3: same outfit now. But now he looks yeah, a lot older. He's older, but he still wears the same mm. clothes.
2: But I got a nice little line from um, Sophie Aldred. I was talking to Sophie Aldred. He's a lovely lady, actually, lovely lady, and she said, "What I've noticed with Sylv is that." he doesn't get noticed as much anymore Ah. and she said that he doesn't get recognised in the street as Doctor Who I bet he does now though probably does as the Hobbit and everything else his profile's been raised but he does
1: not look like Sylvester McCoy did in 1988 of course he won't because it's 30 years on I remember seeing him in uh, I think a convention round about 2002 or 2003 and they showed an episode of um, The Happiness Patrol which is a a story I think we all adore yeah haven't we um And uh, at the end of it uh, Sylvester came on with his walking stick and pointed his walking stick at the screen and said so lovely to watch my son there." <laughs> <laughs> he's wonderful
2: and he's obviously made a big impression on us and we all yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, we yeah, like oh, him but, yeah.
3: but we are not necessarily uh, in the majority of uh, Doctor Who fans Ninth. Ninth. not least Buddy Windrush mm-hmm. well we we did try to call Buddy wow he saw <laughs> your name pop up
1: great
3: I'm too busy bathing in a Greg Jameson calling
1: no I'm doing my, uh, doing my uh, Phil Collins impression <laughs> and uh, beating my drums he
2: may
3: call us back in this episode if not we'll speak to him in our final so we've got about this episode usually probably take about an hour if that so any time in the next hour Buddy Windrush could call Greg usually turns his phone off we're on tender hooks. We're on literally tender hooks. So if Bunny Windrush calls
1: Have do you it, notice that people are starting saying tender hooks. I know. Was yeah, what, what wrong? What's tender hooks all about? What's that? I don't know. It's so the
3: great. point is that Bunny Windrush could call and counter mm. our arguments, which is going to be unifiedly positive, uh, with his negative thoughts. When
2: we move into the time lash, which we're shortly about to do, it always seems like a big deal when we have to deal with like a season of a doctor, because it's like a big thing. It's like oh, that's a lot of work to get through. Yeah. But this is the first season of Sylvester
1: McCormick. Campbell on the phone right now!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is simply four stories. Here we go. Oh, but it's all arranged.
1: Megan and I have important things to discuss.
2: Yes, Doctor. Prepare the
1: time lash. Well, Ken Campbell named uh, Sylvester McCoy, didn't he? Did he? Hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was a good friend. Wasn't I think he? It, the Kent really Campbell. He was He was called something really rather dull. Yeah. Patrick Percy Kent Smith or something like yes, that. This it is, yeah. yeah. He was bullied when he was at school for having a very English-sounding name. Yes. As he went to school in Dunoon, and I think he had a, a sort of a similar sort of background to, like a chaplain sort of uh, chaplainess. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He was. I don't, I don't know if he was. Um, his mother was mad or something like that or very similar uh, a very sad yeah. childhood and he was on his own
2: for a long time as a young man wasn't yeah, he yeah um, so he used to try and impress his friends at school by playing tricks which oh. is what Chaplin did and you look at that now and you think well that's, that's what he does when he's in interviews shtick yeah, yeah,
3: yeah It's yeah. shtick yeah. Oh, but interviews it's then, we, call Jewish, this, uh, we call this uh, Episode The Real McCoy uh, did, did you remember that There was a, a, a Cassette tape I think it was released In 1989 Yeah Called The Real McCoy Is it was interviewed the, By David Banks Yeah It was interviewed yeah. in, in Backstage of a play At um, the ultimate Invention because yeah, oh. McCoy wasn't in that, was he? No, he said, I can't believe so. that. No, but uh, but it was yeah. No. He was backstage in the dressing room interviewing right. was About about a forty-five minute interview. It's really really good. Yeah. I remember the is that. Still, does that exist on YouTube? Yes, yeah. yes, yes,
2: yes. Yeah, it yeah. does. <laughs> it was David Banks that definitely did it, wasn't
3: it? Yeah. Mm. cyber leader Banks.
2: But he's a very interesting guy, McCoy. Though, he so is. When you yeah, talk to him. you know, it's he's got charming, lots of man. ideas. Mm. Very talented. Um, deep. Yeah. There's more to him than meets the eye.
1: I've had several versions of McCoy meeting him. I mean, I will all love him and adore him, but But different moods. But there was a time in, I think, 1997, and I got him to autograph a, and I still have this, uh, 10x8 picture of him with um, Sophie from uh, Silver Nemesis. And he'd only just been on television on the launch of Channel 5. Oh, dear. And he was playing um, Michael Sands who was a Scottish um, murderer Ooh. who used to keep keep his um, victims in prison before killing them. <laughs> so one of what, this is actually a true story. And um, so playing his victim was um, Gina McKee, who was oh. quite famous at the time for... Um, Our Friends in the North. Our Friends in the North. Mm. So, the with, Geordie um, Beauty. Daniel Craig, who went on to play Doctor Who, and also yeah, Mr Eccleston, yes. who's the current James Bond. I always thought she actually. looked like a horse. She, yeah, odd-looking woman. But yeah. anyway, I, I asked him about. I, I said to him, because I, I watched it. I said, "You were absolutely terrific in that," and he was a little bit uncomfortable talking about it, and um, kind of di- didn't. Rick re- clearly didn't really want to talk about it and sign my autograph and some. Yeah. And I later read an interview that um, where he said. Um, he Really didn't like playing this character Look because it was a bit too dark, and that he had to go home after shooting every day and have oh, a shower. Oh, bless him. But well, he's a very he emotional man,
3: isn't he? You could that, yeah. that comes across on screen at every party, plays that he, you mm. can tell that he's yeah. a really lovely bloke. Yeah, cares. he's not just phoning it yeah. in, even though his performance is sometimes a bit ropey. He's you know, he's he's really, yeah, I'd cares. love to see that
1: again because I've not seen it since the What's late it 90s. I, don't, I, don't I, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like the very opening night of Channel 5, so I couldn't record it because <sighs> it was on Channel 5. But I remember, is that still going? tuning oh, it in still yeah, have
2: that yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, Michael Winner's uh, yeah. I, I had an interesting experience <laughs> like, with um, uh, Sylvester McCoy years ago I think it was like 2002 or 2003 and I was doing these convention circuit
3: things shortly after that. John Thor died
2: mm. it was <laughs> and uh, we had um, Sylvester McCoy booked in for this convention in the north. and This is well before Doctor Who came back. You know, th- th- he was happy to do this kind of stuff. He said, "Oh, I'm doing Noises Off." So, oh, great play, Michael. frame Michael Frayn. Fr- Fre- Fr- Fr- Fre- and it's a fantastic show. And show and one of the best shows. And he was
3: playing plays. plays. Brilliant. Yeah.
2: He was playing the director, of course, which is a very difficult part to play because you have to walk into the auditorium to do this. Yes. And he was playing that role, and he was happy to publicise the convention. In the Northeast while being there. Gosh. And uh, so we had a Dalek that we rolled in and a Cyberman that we rolled in, and I was the Cyberman. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you, oh. were the, you, you, you were the John Levine. <laughs> and it was during. Um, uh, Red Nose Day and all that so the Red Nose Day right. on Cyberman and they made a load, load of publicity out of it and the interesting thing was I, I got to meet Sylvester McCoy like for the second time I think it was as a Cyberman did you stand in the queue twice <laughs> but the weird thing was he looked at me and obviously because he's you know he's been to how many conventions you know and all this kind of stuff he looked at me and he was like I don't like Cyberman mm. and this was in like a BBC studio yeah. in the northeast of England you know there was like me the presenter an empty Dalek that was it mm. and he went they really upset me and so I took my glove off and I shook his hand and went I feel much better now.
3: Oh, <laughs> and I thought. Bless. Very emotional about yeah. yeah.
2: it. And, and, and in the end, when the helmet came off, goes, "Oh, it's so nice to see a real person underneath
3: there."
1: I thought, "My gosh, what a lovely fellow he really was." <laughs> Can they make him pope? I mean, <laughs> i, mean, I
3: after the running, so he, he's got some <laughs> stiff competition.
1: And
2: I yeah. well, I let in and I said, "I said, you know, Sylvester. I said, you know, you are my Doctor Who." Oh. And, and he went the nicest Sylvester McCoy. he was at. He's, the thing with Sylvester he's a bit like Tom Baker when you meet him it's like meeting the doctor yes, yes. Um, I think we mentioned this before you meet Peter Davison you meet Peter Davison yes. you, know, you meet Colin Baker you definitely meet Colin <laughs> um, but Sylvester and Tom they're the only ones who really. I, I mean, possibly well, I, Patrick Trout would have been a bit like no,
3: that I, as well. I think well, no, Trout was a proper actor. I think Tom Baker and Mister McCoy. They're not. They're not proper actors. They're just eccentric people. They're bonkers, and they just. Yeah. They're just themselves <laughs> as, as the Doctor, aren't they? Or Doctor Who? What was it like meeting Hartnell? Not many people have though.
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, he used to do. He used to appear in costume, didn't he? And open fates and things. Yeah but
1: So uh, Sylvester McCoy John, still does that. John Petwee would always do it in costume. Yes. Well, he did, he, uh, but, but John Patrick played. Trapp, he did, did it in costume.
3: He did. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, that's what killed him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, 1987. Uh, the rock and roll year. Yeah,
1: uh, he died, we, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 Colin Baker's shuffled off Also, office. Primo Levy died in
2: 1987. Did he? Mm. Yes. 87 is an amazing year, the year
1: of the storm. Anyone want to talk about that? Well, um, the Great Storm of 87. Yes, he recently died, didn't he? The guy who was in Hello, Hello. Gordon Michael K. Fish. Gordon K. That
3: wasn't... No, no, that's right. the point. That was the big thing. Oh, that wasn't... Right. No, he did No, come on. <laughs> no, he got hit in the... Not in the Great storm, the... storm of 87. It was, was. No, it wasn't. It, it was. was. It, was much, it was later. It was '90. It was much later. later. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was much a different later. storm. Yeah, yeah. I we allied the two facts because of our youth. Ah, OK. But uh, no, no, that was... Uh, I was very upset so, on
2: social media.
1: So who... who Was there a celebrity who was affected by the Great Storm of 1987? Ian McCaskill. Well, apart from him failed no that's Michael Fish
3: uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter but we had uh, we, uh, yes Colin Bacon shuffled off this mortal coil thank god a new well, Doctor Who was he, coming. You've been
2: forced, suddenly. not yeah. Yes,
3: mm. A new Doctor Who. So, what was the first uh, appearance that Sylvester made as Doctor Who? Tymon Rani? No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, I mean, no, I mean no, before no, that, was there no, like a publicity no, no. shop? Was, was what, there a double bill at one? Or no, no
2: he did Blue Peter. Did he do Blue, Blue Peters? Peter's? He did Blue Peter and he walked out on Blue Peter. Who, was it
1: Simon Groom then? Who's, who, wow. was, who was the presenter? Was it Peter Purves? Peter Duncan, maybe. Uh, he appeared on Blue Peter, I think it was about six was months ago. Was it Mark
2: Curry? Oh, shut up! <laughs> was it that pissing elephant? Just shut up, dear. Um, no, he appeared on Blue
3: even Peter. The pissing elephant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's not even drinking. <laughs> <laughs> You've had too much Sudafed. Tell
1: me. Too much Sudafed.
2: The
3: pissing elephant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgive me, listeners. <laughs> He's uh,
0: gone purple, <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think I'm a bit tired.
1: The <laughs> rush to his head. Carry on, sir. Um, yes. So, <laughs>
3: Mr. McCoy appeared
2: on um, Blue Peter. On Blue Peter. Uh, in his first ever appearance as a doctor, wearing pretty much his own clothes, which involved the colonial colonial Panama. hat know. I wore in his audition. And he is so nervous, it's wonderful to watch. Is this on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Okay, it's on a, who who, who you interviews I I think it's... Oh, <laughs> God, is it Karen Keating? <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably Mark Curry. It's probably Mark Curry he or Karen coming. Keating. <coughs> he still is. He's still alive. <laughs> He's not died of AIDS yet. Greg, I know it's the 80s, but come on. He Died him. in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> we, we Don't, don't say that, Mark. He was gay. Don't say everyone was gay. He doesn't. I, I don't. But you think they're not all dead yet? But Mark, I might. have
3: given up. Yeah, no. Um, I was texting Greg saying, "Come out for a cut Sorry, I'm busy being gay. I
0: like it.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> I realise it just takes no. up another. Awful lot of your leisure time, yeah, leisure time. The, the gays have high.
2: more of a leisure time than the straight
3: the Pink thing. pound, yeah. they, they do. They're all just always out. Mm.
1: Pink yeah. jackboot these days. Once
3: they're out, they're out.
1: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. talking about So,
3: things. but then he, yes. then he, so then he, but, but time in the rani. Wasn't time rani? So that was his introduction. Well,
2: you know, we all know that the time in the rani, which is his first story, which was um, four episodes, was written for who? Doctor Who, but which who was it? Colin, Colin Baker. Baker. Colin Baker. Yeah, for Colin Baker and so when you watch that show does it feel like a real Doctor? I don't think it does I think when you're <coughs> watching it things like it's a it's first time it's like thank God
3: we've got someone we can't like but it's not really Doctor well you forgive it you Who? always forgive the, the Doctor Who actor it's a breath of pressure no, do we? yeah because it does <coughs> rope in robots <coughs> Baker's well, a bit rubbish. Isn't yeah, it? Uh, well. I think he's wonderful
2: in no, Robot.
3: No, I mean, he's, it's, not, it's not he's not, not the top Baker that we know and love. He's a bit too goofy, isn't he? Right. Patrick, Patrick
1: Troughton is incredibly over the top in, um, excuse me, *Power of the Daleks*. If you okay. listen to the audio, he's not. He, he doesn't give a good performance in that. I think Dave with um, Castrovalva. Well, I mean, that's a dreary old pun toss. Dave Castro is, is fine, but Dave in *Four to Doomsday*, he's which is the first one they recorded, is bonkers. He's terrible. He's bonkers. He's really. He's off. He's off. He's off. He's, He's just off. Um, less said about Twin Dilemma, the better. So I, I, I don't really care <laughs> the, the time and the Rani. I mean, the the, the only juggling. the only really good opening stories are Hartnell because you know that that they were building the whole show. Yeah. John Pertwee because just everything fell into line, but all the rest of the Doctor Who's pretty great. abysmal. Uh, first stories. But you can, if you were just to watch that one, you
3: probably wouldn't have Sylvester McCoy as one of your fave docs. No. Because he's a bit of a clown. Well, he, he, well, he, he is, is a clown. A, a literal is a clown. clown. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, can
1: he's, I make a horrible analogy? If you like. It's a bit like, um because it's football it's a bit like if you if you if if you follow a particular team and they're not doing terribly well and then the manager gets sacked and then you get a new manager in and like everyone's really hopeful you're not expecting like things to turn around overnight so sylvester mccoy coming in after colin baker it's almost like the old manager's been sacked we've got a new manager and you're sort of just looking for areas of improvement but you're not expecting miracles it's a bit like that. I didn't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> football, <then. laughs> but it's a very good point,
3: Greg. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. <Well>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any of you football fans out there understand a word? About it?
2: <laughs> I think you're the only football fan in the mandatory, aren't you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, all I felt when I was watching them, um, Time of the Rani was great relief that it wasn't
1: Colin Baker and yeah. that's awful Yeah, yeah. What you saying, I think you're just reinforcing the point I've just made even if you don't realise that that's what you're doing because I'm so stupid
4: the thing with
2: Sylvester and I, I made this in my note was that he's actually affable Yes, and that makes a difference. That's like, some lully moments. You need time. to have an affable doctor. Mm. The, the kids will like. Yeah, because it's children that are watching. They don't want yeah. to see an uncle that's going to abuse
3: them. Uh, you know, no, which no. is what. We'll fix it for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which follows in twenty-five
2: minutes on BBC One. No, this is this. This is
1: this. This uh, is this. In a way, it's a, it's sort of problematic because. Um, no, that, th- this is this. But, uh, every, everybody sort of says. Robot's not great, but, you know, then you've got Ark in Space or um, Power of the Daleks isn't great, but then you've got, like, a really good second Doctor Who. But nobody really... You know, people say, oh, Sylvester McCoy terrible from the get-go. No, not and, at all. But he wasn't. I no. I don't mind his performance in no, uh, it's, Time it's and No, it's a bit over the top, but... I, really, I don't like Time and the Rani. I don't generally revisit it. It's a horrible story, but his performance is really good. It's horrible sets. Yeah. Um. Horrible, horrible... Uh, direction. Kato Mara doing yes. an impression of Bonnie Langford. I mean, it's
3: better than Bonnie Langford doing an impression of Bonnie Langford. Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. But it not only is it about actually not only is it a new story, the, the new Doctor. They got this title sequence, and the it does look very different, doesn't it? And, yes. I wanted
2: to touch on yes. that actually because yes. we have a new title sequence, yeah, which I love. It. It. It's stunning. It's yeah. Do you love it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, great. it's great. I love it. Maybe I, it's a childhood thing, but I think no, it's, it's wonderful th- I'm so delighted to hear that because it's amazing. I, I've, I've shown this title sequence to a few friends work in design now and I do CGI graphics and all sorts of things which is de rigueur yeah, you know in the industry yeah, now. they yeah. call it motion graphics that's how they do it in, in computers mm. And uh, pictures yes, And I remember that this cost twenty the talkies we used to say <laughs> well it cost £25,000 yes yeah. <laughs> you
3: buy you a do semi in
2: a uh, I believe someone's going to Buddy Windrush probably because he he'd know if his phone bees on the internet he's uh, was probably yeah. going to say no it's wrong it's 50 but I showed this to a few colleagues of mine who work in the industry and they're like, do you know what, that's an amazing piece of work. For 1987. For 1987, yeah. that's incredible. Pretty good. The, the, wow. only thing, the only thing that lets it down is the three rocks that tumble,
3: oh, the three I rocks. I don't mind them. I like the three
2: rocks.
1: Uh, but what do we favorite think? part of the McCoy <laughs> those but, three rocks. But what do we the, think the of the- lots the gods What do we think of the logo though? I love it. I don't mind it. I- I I people hate it, well I, mean, <laughs> it's great. I don't, I don't mean, mind. I mean it's very it's, again, it's, it's just very
3: eighty. It's went because I used, the the used to buy Doctor Who magazine at that time. Which but, was the logo. Which was that? the logo. It's yeah. like, well that was what it was and you know, when you look at the old older logos, it a neon, well, neon logo wasn't my thing, it wasn't my time. Well, we do love the the original logos and the seventies logos, but that was my logo.
4: Well we
1: we'll, we'll get on to this because um I don't like the a variation of the, the the theme tune. You don't like Kef McCulloch? Like it's the... too tinny. <laughs> to, we've, we've talked about this before, but it, to my ears, it's too tinny. Yeah. But uh, that's not to say I dislike Kef McCulloch's work in general. But I do, I love the title sequence. And if, you, if you had it in um, silence, if you had it on mute, and I like the, uh, the the logo and everything like that. So I like the visuals. It's just the actual tinny.
0: I think, I
3: think choice was a I choice, think, choice. One of the John Mendes' only good, good choices is to say like, let's rebrand it because we know that it's been a bit of a disaster. I think I years. think
2: John Nathan Turner's choice, which is one thing that he's never giving giving credit for, is like I'm going to put this amount of money into a CGI title yeah, series, yeah, yeah. Which in 1987, not many yeah. people had the confidence. Well, to Howard's way had a good title scene. When I when I tuned I in. One. In 2005, and I saw the new title sequence, which I was assured to be an outstanding piece of CGI, I thought, do you know something? This does not have any of the creativity
3: that it should have had. It looks like a colonoscopy.
2: <laughs> Compared to... I'm not the first person to Believe you me, say it. I've had a few. Yeah, i have had bloody painful. Have
1: you? Mm. Oh dear. Mm.
2: Um, but
1: uh, they took a few polyps out. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't. <laughs> move on. Move right, on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> move on. <laughs> no terrible, terrible business. What <laughs> <One minute. laughs> okay. um, our My producer, my producer is talking in my ears. But we,
2: what we've got the is the nebula cluster, mm. the wonderful CGI moment. And then what I really like about the Sylvester McCoy era, and it kind of typifies it. And they, they removed it. They removed it from the uh, Colin Baker era. Was the wink. Yeah, I like the wink. And I like oh. the wink yeah.
3: because it suits like Sylvester. He it like, doesn't, yes. su- doesn't suit Colin at all. No, yeah, what would suit Colin is two fingers.
1: Fuck Colin's face like is... James.
3: <laughs> Whereas Sylvester was like...
2: No, you're a nice you're little, affable yeah, little character. You tip you
1: the wig. Yeah. He's um, cute. He's
2: cutesy. Yeah. I feel like I'm narrowing on to the point I want to make really about Sylvester McCoy's Doctor altogether, and I'll throw this out. Is he just
3: another version of Patrick Tramp? Chab- no, 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 no. no, no. Uh, sort of. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 I, I think, I think he's
1: um, similar. He's He's short. Exactly, He's they're both short, and they both have checked baggy trousers. I mean, I think that's where the is. are. Clearly, and clearly ends.
3: I, think
2: I think they're both. They're I think they're both very Chaplin-esque, though, Greg. What they've done is they're making more comic strip again. I think
1: well, one of the good things about Sylvester is they've got him out. They've got rid of all the shit costumes. And they've almost sort of said, "Let's get the baggy checked trousers" because it worked for Troughton. But one thing that really pisses me off about Time and the Rani is that. that obligatory oh let's let's have Doctor Who change his costume scene and he's dressed as Napoleon we've done that we've had that three times exactly and then he's got Peter Davidson's coat on but the really annoying thing is that he's got the check trousers on throughout that so he's clearly already chosen his costume Yeah. and then you you know it's a oh how about this yeah yeah Doctor that'll do um uh, if
2: John, you did have a question just, mark jumper, that, just costume that scene was. Right.
1: horrible. The question mark jumper was a was a problem. Wasn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah, that was the only thing that stands out in his costume, though, isn't it? Yeah. Everything else is perfect, and mm-hmm. then it's the jersey. And it was interesting to watch a, one of the extra features on the DVDs. Was it Ken True uh, who yes. did the costume? True um, that, and he said. I loved everything, but I didn't want to do the jumper. And it was John Nathan Turner.
1: Guess there we Guess. go. Guess. Gosh, that comes
2: surprise. as a surprise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because actually, it's a wonderful costume. He could walk into any
1: era and get away with what he's wearing. Yeah, he
3: yeah. looks like someone who might wear that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend at school. I, I'm, I'm still friends with him. Uh, he was in the year below me, so he's a year younger than me. And he says he remembers um, Time in the run. He said it really, really scared him. I said, really, why was it in the Tetraps? No. Was it Kato Mara? No. What scared him? Uh, and this is Matt Melia. <laughs> Matt, if you're listening, hello. Um, what scared him was the tripwires. Uh, so when, you, when, when those characters sort of walk onto the tripwires and then end up in those bubbles and they, they, they get blown up, and he said he used to go to bed at the end of the evening and uh, check under the bed and you know all that for for trip wires. <laughs> you know, that's what scared him as a kid, that, that mm, in his curious, mind's eye as a child? In the case he turned into yeah. Bonnie Langford.
3: Yeah. Now, uh, looking at the rest of the season, there were, you know there were good. What, we had Paradise Towers, Delta the Battle of Dragonfire. Now my contention is that he'd got a classic in the first season. Oh, no. And that was a shame because he deserved a classic. He got plenty of classics in the next two seasons, which we're not talking about. But oh. all those, there's lots of lots to be said about uh, those three stories, but they're not really classics, are they? But
2: do you not think the first season, what is, are it, they? The first season is a case no, of okay. turning turning the boat around? Yes, very good point. The Titanic. Right. It is, and it, just by the end of it, I mean, he, I, I, I think it's an interesting point that Sylvester McCoy said at a convention, I think. He like, said, by 1989, the boat was turned around. It's like, no, the boat was turned around by the end of your first season. I think it's people weren't watching. You know, yeah. I think I think yeah. you really were on the winner in the last two seasons. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: It's I, the first season is where you turn the boat around. I think season 24 is one of the most underrated Doctor Who seasons okay. of all time. I, I, I think it, it, it is just, if you consider that Trial of the Time Lord which was so stale, it so flat, yeah. so stodgy. It came immediately before that. It feels very fresh and new. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm a big fan of Paradise Towers. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a very fresh idea. It's got some great actors in it. Richard Bryars, Clive Merrison. Um, and it's a very, like very hardcore science fiction concept. And Stephen Wyatt, who wrote the story, uh, based it on, you know... Um, science fiction straight
2: he, he based it was, on J.T. Um, Ballard didn't he has anyone exactly. seen yeah. High Rise
3: The he mm. filled it. I've not read yeah. or seen it. I've got the book at home but yeah. uh, I w- it can't escape the fact that that was clearly an influence on Paradise Towers You know, it's like the kids version of High Rise who plays you? Elizabeth Spriggs in it uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Springs. <laughs> no, but it's the same idea, isn't it? Yeah. Same idea. Same yeah, sort same of same thing, right here. At least it's yeah. out of the tower block, you know. But it was actually scary again. You know, Doctor Who was scary for me. I like did remember being towers. scared by those swimming pool things and the, and the, and the old ladies. The old ladies with the fork. Yeah, they that, just, that was horrible. Yeah, cannibal. yeah. pensioner
1: scary. cannibals. You know, this is pretty gruesome stuff. But
3: but, but wrapped up it with Richard Bryers and sort of a, it was a bit funny it was a scary. Yeah, it was light, it was confection.
2: I don't like his performance in it. <laughs>
3: oh, Oh, are we had luck. Are we had luck. A little speakerphone. Hello.
1: Ah, hello, hello, Charlie. Hello, Mr. H. Ah, Mr. Charlie. Hello. <music> I- I'm sorry, I missed your call.
4: No, I'm, well, I
1: missed your call. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you phoned me. No, 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 I
4: think
1: you phoned me. Oh, I'm, I'm terribly totally sorry. There seems to be a, a misunderstanding. I'm just here with the boys. We're, we're talking about um, Sylvester McCoy. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I
4: remember
1: him well. He he played the seventh Doctor Who. Amongst other things. I, I don't know if you remember this. This was 1987
4: to 1989. Uh, yes, I was there.
1: Yes. What's your favourite Sylvester McCoy story? Uh,
4: oh, now you're asking. Well, have to. Surely it's Fenric, isn't that the only
2: Sylvester McCoy? Story oh, no, no, no. Uh, hello, Charlie. It's it's Sam here from the the Complete Menagerie. Um, you're live on air. Please do not swear. <laughs> To a <laughs> <laughs> um, this is our Sylvester McCoy special, as, as, as Greg may have said. And we're talking about the first season of Sylvester McCoy. Season uh, 24. Special. And we called you up because we wanted to have your views, simply because we all love Sylvester McCoy, but we know that you do not like him at all. Utter
4: garbage. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Why is he utter garbage? Garbage.
4: Because Sylvester McCoy isn't an actor.
1: Oh!
4: (laughs) It's 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 true. It's It's true. He's not
1: an actor. We can't really disagree with that. He's a very good performer, though, Charlie.
4: Yes, a performance artist, artiste, but not really an actor. Isn't that one of the. But surely the the, the main sort of criteria was someone who had a bit of gravitas and had a bit of. Yeah, gravitas. Charisma.
1: How many times did you see Patrick Troughton produce a ferret from his trousers? (laughs) How many times did you see um, Peter Davison hammer a nail up his nose? (laughs) Come on, Charlie. That's my
4: my complete,
1: my entire point, isn't that? QED, surely. Well, 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 so with Time and the Rani, which is um, Sylvester's Sylvester's opening gambit. um, Yes. Who, who's um who's the best actor in it? Would you say Kate Mara? Um, no, I'd say um, Donald
4: Pickering. Oh. He was wasted. He was wasted. He was yeah. wasted. But he was the best actor in it. Yes, yeah,
3: definitely. How, how did you feel when... Because you're a bit older than us, Charlie. When you actually started watching Time of the Rally for the first time, were you pretty pissed off? Because you were a t- what? You were a teenage, early teens, 13 maybe? Yes, I was I
4: was 50, but 15. No, I, I, quite, I quite enjoyed it at the time. Oh, I, right, OK. I liked I like, I like the, the glitz and I liked the music and I liked the McCulloch extinguisher. We've just talked like about things. that, actually. I liked the, the sort of CGI stuff they did with the big spinning ball. I liked yeah. all that stuff.
2: The, the, the nebula cluster. You like the nebula cluster. Delicious.
4: Yes, I did. But you I didn't did. like Sylve. Would, would you say well, no, that... No, would no hang s- on. Wait, wait. I, I, no, oh. At the time, it was perfectly fine. I was less discerning at the time. Uh. With hindsight, I'm uh, less taken by it. But let me just say one thing. I did watch Seven Emetries for the first time since it was broadcast quite oh. recently.
0: Oh. And, I,
4: and, I, and I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I was quite... Impressed by cell's performance. Yay! <laughs> turned it. Well, because, only, because, only because it was far less forced than I thought it would be. It was far, far more relaxed than I remembered it being, somehow. And I found it quite good. I quite, quite, quite. I was quite surprised by that. Yes. But, well, remember, Charlie, I think we need to get you, we need to get you back
2: for part two, obviously, of our. Uh, Sylvester McCoy special which is when we're talking about his last two seasons uh, nice. because there was obviously a massive change but in, in terms of his first season were you still watching in 1987 all the way through? Yes, sir.
4: of course I was I've been a fan since I was two and a half so you know <laughs> of course it I watched it it I, I could, have brought, I could, I could have sort of run out of any kind of old rubbish like they are doing at the moment and I wouldn't have <laughs> watched it Is
1: it fair to say that Kevin McCulloch is underrated?
4: Uh, well at the time he was a bit different but looking back I think that Dominic Glynn's stuff from the previous season um, is, is straight ahead of what Kev was doing. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah, was, I would agree. There was agree. actually there, there, there was melody going on in, in some of Dominic Glynn's stuff. With yeah. Kev it was just like stabbing at the keyboard. the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's so now, true. But, but at the time, it was fine. It was different. It was refreshing to a degree. Um, but looking back on it now, uh, I'm not impressed.
2: Well, well Buddy Windrush, um, did you know that you're our new producer for this season? Oh, is that right? Yeah, so we're looking forward to the check uh, that's coming in. I know that you've been... You've been persuaded to stay um, for another year. Against
4: my better... Judgment, yes. yes, I guess you're. But, but, but,
2: we know you wear lovely shirts, buddy. Well, I, I
4: heard they're bringing back Target again. I thought I'd go and do that
2: for a check. But, um, yes, thing? well, they, they are making a Target novelisation of Greg Jameson's life story. <laughs> <laughs> which has some chapters removed for so it's safe for children under 14 to read. Yes.
0: But, an expose,
2: you might say. Some have called it that. I mean, thank you so much for calling us back. Um, would you be happy to be talking to us in our uh, Sylvester McCoy finale about the last I, two I, seasons? I'll,
4: I'll, I'll be delighted. In fact, I'd like to come round to, to your place and look,
1: look you in the eye and tell you how
3: crap Sylvester or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we need to have you in the cab.
4: Uh, yes, I, I'll
2: be right over. Oh. <laughs> thank you so much, buddy. We'll speak to you soon.
4: You're welcome. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: Perfect timing from Bloody Windrush That's there. Bloody
2: <laughs> Windrush, of That's course. the alternative view? Well, it's an alternative view, but uh, do we agree? I mean. We've turned him, I think he had been turned.
3: Mm. Well, he's I mean, talking about the later seasons,
2: though. That we're getting ahead mm, of ourselves but he it.
3: But what's interesting about that is I always assumed Buddy Windrush and his ilk would have been appalled uh, at that age. I think if I was a 15-year-old and, mm. and, uh, and was exposed to Sylvester... Ready for it. Ready well, for well, it. Well, I think I might have been uh, slightly dismissive because I think you were dismissive of everything when you were 15. What's astonishing is actually when yeah. he looks back. Yeah. He thinks it's... But I think when like, I look back, it's, it's
1: great. I think mm. he's great. I, I look back and, I, I like I say, I don't like time in the Rani but I I love Paradise Towers and I really like the first episode of um Delta in the Bannermen, and I think it feels really fresh. I love the 1950s feel of it. I think that's a great Yeah, It's not a classic, but it's good. It's good. I like Don Henderson in it. You know, well, th- yeah. It all falls apart horribly after the first episode. Oh, I don't know. But the first episode's really strong. It's got Ken Dodd in it and some lovely locations. And it looks
2: really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, you know that secret to the land on the end and Ken Dodd appears and that, yeah. on, the, on, the, on the whole... Like, yeah. It looks massive. It, it looks like, six, I mean, it it I don't very impressive. I think it's just like
1: an old kind of like hangar or something, yeah. isn't it? But it looks really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, Very and uh, and um, uh, and you've got Dragonfire as well, and and um, Buddy Windrush mentioned there about Dominic Glynn's score. I mean, the score for Dragon Fire, if you listen to it, it's like a movie. Yeah. it's like a movie score. It's so it's it's so massive. I think the, I the think epic scale JNT
2: knew score. though, with when he got Dominic Glynn to do a score for. Yeah. Time, I'll get this young kid to do the title sequence for a.
1: Tippins, you know, yeah, you know, because yeah. The,
2: this guy's good,
1: yeah, and they filmed it in. Um, he's a very good, very good musician. TC One, they filmed Dragonfire in TC One, which was the biggest studio in the BBC, which is where they filmed I Claudius. And it looks uh, good. And it, the sets are massive yeah. in Dragonfire. It, it has this really epic feel to it. I think. What about Payne
3: uh, Is uh, that he's not an actor and therefore uh, isn't Buddy really good. I I've, heard I I've heard
2: this before, I've heard this before and I think, you know, I'm not, not knocking Buddy Windrush there but I think it's a bit of a regurgitated view which was in Doctor Who magazine many times that he's not an actor he's a performer I've heard that <laughs> what
3: I've heard There's also counter to exactly that exactly is that he's exactly an actor exactly.
2: who's grown in the part and that's a yeah. point we'll come to maybe later well, if, if, he uh,
3: grows in the role if Mr McCoy's only era was season 24 he wouldn't be at my top three doctors no I'll tell you that for nothing he yeah. sure, wouldn't sure. no. uh, but he wouldn't be at my bottom doctor he would, he would definitely be better than Colin Baker so.
1: mm. but then I mean if someone asked me Greg Jameson from Doctor Who and The Complete Menagerie Focus. Who, who, who's your favourite doctor uh, I'm sorry who's your favourite actor I'd probably say Bob Peck and he never professionally trained um I think David Troughton is a phenomenally good actor. What was Bob's peck with it's Never professionally jungle? trained. May I also um, say that uh, Leonard Ross is a never professionally never trained. Never professionally trained. It's not about the training, so, is it, really? No, it's, indeed. So you, you can have remarkably good actors who aren't, who aren't necessarily trained. Is Sylvester McCoy a remarkably good actor? No. Is Sylvester McCoy perfect for, for the Doctor part Who? Of Doctor who? <coughs> yes. Could Sylvester McCoy have played Inspector Morse? Yeah, uh, no. no. <laughs>
3: Sorry, no. Lewis, maybe
1: <laughs> if Lewis was a juggling yeah, Scot. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 these these are the questions to ask. So, the, there are horses for courses. There are actors. But I think for Doctor Who is a certain part where
3: you know. It's not about being a great actor all the time, because as you say, Peter Davis is one of the best actors to play Doctor Who. We've, had, his, this, we've yeah, had this conversation yeah. before. But yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah, but no, you. Right. Right. I'm just. I'm, I'm arguing right. with the ghost of Buddy Windrush here. And this it would is be a... impolite to argue with him over the phone. But, uh... I mean, I don't want to shout
2: now at Buddy Windrush because this is a this is an argument <laughs> which which um, Patrick Chown had in 1972. But Doctor Who's an acting part.
4: No, I was just wondering. You see, you introduced this element of comedy into Doctor Who, and yet, really, you are known as a serious actor. Does this mean that, really, um, sort of underneath this serious face of yours, you, you really would like to play more comedy parts? But
1: Doctor Who was a serious part. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a, an unserious part at all. It, uh, uh, gracious me! Uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for Buddy Windrush, but maybe he's sort of making an equivalence by saying. Um, there are limitations to, for example, Matthew Waterhouse's uh, acting. Well, there are. And there are limitations <laughs> to Sylvester McCoy's acting. Yeah. Both of those things are true. But to, there's no. I, I don't see that there's any sort of equivalence in that. Um, I, I think uh, Sylvester is a limited actor, um, but I think all actors, to a certain extent, are limited. And I think. Um, Leonard Nibble? Actually, Leonard Nimoy could do everything. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's very, very true. He's a very good actor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. take that back. I do take that back. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy could have played a thirteen-year-old girl perfectly well. Give me that point. No invitations <laughs> to any actors ever. It's very true.
3: There we are. That's that's <sighs> sort of that one. <laughs> uh, so we've got Paradise Down. We talked about Delta Baron. talked Bannerman. Doctor about. Bannerman. And, but Dragonfly was a bit of a damp squib in terms. No, I liked of it. it. No. Okay. I thought. Nice yeah. I, I love.
2: Dragonfire. Let's nice see the back of uh, metal, wasn't it? Dragonfire is a bit of a love story to Superman, is it? Yeah, because it's it's all of the stuff in the cathedral of I don't know what the Oh, is. the icy place the icy place. The icy place yeah and all and of that the you know, super icy place all that you know what I mean yeah yeah farm foods <laughs> that's where <laughs> they're but filming that's it, it. <laughs> that's where it begins Ice it? World Ice World it's a superland that's why robin has gone to Ice World and there's a lot of um, Star Wars in the site at the beginning uh, yeah, the, in the in Cantina the, sequence the melting face Did that's it Edward feel.
3: Mm.
1: They, took, they ripped that off, didn't they? That's a good. He's got his Kaiser helmet on, hasn't yeah, he? And yeah. Everything. yeah, it's a yeah, rip off. Yeah. Oh, did you know that Patricia Quinn, who's in um, Dragonfire, uh, was married to Sir Robert Stevens? <laughs> really? It's very true. It's very true. At the time they were filming that,
3: he was at uh, he was at uh, under
1: my hat. That's was, right. Uh, Box of delights. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was very good friends with Jeremy Brett. In fact, they died within a month of one another in 1995. He was a gay, yeah. wasn't he? I like it! Jeremy, yeah. We yeah. always write off the trial of a time it was being just a
2: travesty, but the problem is we get with the seventh Doctor is every season is just four stories.
3: It's too short, I was gonna so say. So small. Yeah. He's not really got a chance mm. to do much, because it's so short, so that's that's just because of money, Doctor Who not being you know,
2: good people. He, he done what, you know, um, 12 stories, and then
1: he was done.
3: Yeah, yeah. so that's what could you do? you know, 12 episodes.
1: He'd yeah. been so diminished. Um he was like Pope Pius the 8th, you know, he just didn't have long enough. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Every episode we will mention a Pope. (laughs) Greg (laughs) Popes! Every new segment. But there's some things we do like. (laughs) Just ignore that. We have a steam. Greg's
2: Popes! (laughs) (laughs) We all agree on a few things. We like the new title sequence. Yeah. And Sam is actually wearing his uh, Seventh Doctor jump. I did it! Unconsciously
1: wearing. (laughs) My God, you're right. And... (laughs) We like the music to a certain extent. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I'm going to go on record now and say Keith McCulloch is very underrated. I think he's much maligned. I think some of his scores, like for Silver Nemesis and Battlefield and for stories that are less interesting in the yeah. Seventh Doctor's era, are kind of... They're sort of military-esque. They've got a bit of snare drum in. They're a bit sort of beat-heavy. And they're a bit boring. But I think he's just not inspired by the story. We're going to hear about a bit of Kef later, aren't yeah. so, uh, Very
3: shortly. Yeah, um, very shortly.
2: Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 let's But before let's we go, let's go, go into Kef, there's one yeah. more thing I wanted to talk yeah. about. And we did talk about his costume briefly, but isn't it finally the costume we were waiting for in the 80s? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
3: or is it not? The jumper.
2: Apart from uh, yeah, the jumper. Apart
3: from the yeah. jumper. I even like the, I even like the, the umbrella. But, uh, I like the umbrella. Yeah, I think that's that, actually subtle just, enough if you have to no work. the the umbrella, that's fine. But. Uh, yeah nearly there they never quite got it right did they but it works with Sylvester because I think that's the kind of stuff he wears so he felt comfortable in
2: the same way that Tom would wear those clothes to the coach and horses yes
3: yeah, literally
2: but he would you know that's how he would dress and I think you need to dress your doctor like Pertwee how they feel comfortable you know you know, in their normal attire. You know, yeah, Perry would
3: yeah, wear yeah. those clothes, I think they? for the kids he was great because it's like an approachable, an engaging, a charming yeah. uncle as opposed to a rapey uncle. It's kind of, you know, yeah. just calling back in. An Abusive but, bastard. Yeah, there. exactly. So I think it was... Yeah, how it was how, how would
1: they have dressed Hugh Bennett if he'd played Doctor Who? Uh, a toga. <laughs>
2: Huel Bennett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My God. Uh, as Shelley. <laughs> um, anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not the pellet. <clears throat> but as, as Tom says... Um, off the back of that we're going to move into a very contentious new segment which is an old segment but you know we're talking about revamp revamp the 80s pressing the button we're going into the music segment
0: huh? I said the music's
3: terrible shut up
2: we're talking about a very contentious figure here it is of course Sir David Bowie
3: put on your red shoes and
2: dance the blues <laughs> he's dead now no it's not it's Kef McCulloch oh okay now Kef now we've discussed his title sequence in the past haven't more we more contentious than Mugabe <laughs> he's still alive yep. Mugabe mm.
1: and I've got five pieces for you to listen to lovely and
2: I want five to hear your easy pieces
1: um, see, the thing is that Tom quite likes citrus fruits, like oh, yes. uh, tangerines and a clementines, because he likes segments. He likes things <laughs> divided <laughs> into do. segments. Compartmentalised
3: yeah. Out of a lime. Well, here we have... Um, in the cook- well, I like ting, yeah. actually. <laughs> it's Charlie, uh, Buddy Windrush didn't mention ting, did he? Wow. Interesting. That. Maybe he's gone off
1: it. Well, and I'm not sure it was it, Buddy Windrush who liked Ooh,
3: the ting. Look at the, look at the head on that, look at that...
1: He's talking about an ale. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Come on, more Kev let's get to Kev Anyway,
2: so Jeff, mm. we're cracking on, we're going straight into a piece, and it's called The Making of Pecks. Oh, I like this. <laughs> I do, I do.
3: What do you think, Tom? Trashy bombast. <laughs> followed <laughs> by mawkish crap. Oh,
2: Tom, there is <laughs> a cold God, heart. I, I, I <laughs> it, it's like ice where your heart
3: should be. I recognise it because it's some of the music was collected onto a, a, yeah, a cassette. The twenty-fifth anniversary, which I had, mm. which is Doctor Who the I music. Yeah, remember yeah. taking it to France on a, on a school trip? Uh, it was the <laughs> only school trip we ever went on. And uh, listening to my headphones with my little <laughs> Sony Walkman, and uh, as the, I think um, there was a Ouija board. <laughs> <in the air. laughs> <laughs> done in the room, and then I was like, I, I, "I'm too scared of the, of the devils that might be created." I listened to my Doctor Who Gosh. tape; uh, that's what brings back memories. <laughs> but yeah, it, far more interesting so story if you'd taken part in the I feel but, yeah, but but, um, but it, uh, it, yeah, well yeah, really, but as I say, pointless, horrible bombast, and then uh, yeah. sort of mawkish rubbish. Greg, what, what's going on <laughs> in that music,
1: there? What's going on in the terms of... It's, it's from Paradise it's There like, were Towers. tears in my face. I mean, the, the <laughs> first time I saw that story, Paradise Towers, and I followed Pex's story, yeah. and I, because he, he he's a very sympathetic character, and I just wanted him to do well for himself. And I wanted him to you know prove that he was, he was all right, really, and he wasn't this coward. And then he gets this opportunity, but in order to do that, he has to sacrifice his life and so watching that as a 9 year old um, and i have to say i can still vividly remember this i can see it now in my mind's eye it's, third time said that. <laughs> it's uh, i saw uh, it was the great storm of 87 so the, the second episode i think was interrupted by the great storm and the fourth episode where Pex dies i saw it in wales and what is cracking there with the emotion? because my, my grandmother lived in Wales, and she, but she didn't have a television set, so my my mum had to go to her my aunt's house, which is her sister's house and who also lived in Wales, and say, "Can my son watch Doctor Who?" and she had this old black and white television set now my mum didn't didn't and doesn't get on with her sister, so this this was a big thing, a big ask. And So we were all gathered around this television set, this tiny sort of eight-inch black-and-white, tele- flickering television set, like something out of the 60s, watching episode four of um, Paradise Towers. And when Pex died, I was crying. Oh. I was nine years old and I was crying and I was really, really upset about it. And I remember that music, that, that the making of Peck's music being keyed in. And just feeling really sad about it. And also, I remember is my aunt, who was um, like my mother, Roman Catholic. And all the, all of them were gathered. All the all the kangs were gathered around, saying, "Hail Pecks, hail the On alive." And I just remember my aunt going. Thought for a moment they were saying "Hail Mary," <laughs> <laughs> so that's my memory of it. I was sitting there in floods of tears, and
3: oh yeah. yeah. So I, was, I, so love I suppose it. there's I a love nostalgia it. factor. There. Yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't deny that. So that yeah. And I still have that nostalgia of the Ouija board and me <laughs> seeking solace in the music of Kef. I
2: also Do you understand the nostalgia? I, I, I um? just, just listening back to that now, it's almost the most contemporary music you'll hear in Doctor Who for its, yeah, it's time really because it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's, a, it's a. It's a Penis piece, you know. It's, it's, it's what, what it's on. It's a penis piece.
0: I like it.
2: It's all on piano. Did the are... oh? Sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: You, you know what I mean. Anyway, sorry. pressing on, we're going into the next piece, which is from Delta and the Banner For a children's TV show, that's yeah, amazing James Bond,
1: James Bond as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's James Bond.
2: James Bonds, there's, there's yeah. a bit, well, it's obviously the 50s influence, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the electric guitar yeah. at the same time. I
1: mean, I don't know. What, like The Shadows or something, he captures, he captures the mood of the But this is, this is the point. What he's done is he's watched the,
2: the playback and think, yeah, I'm not going to do a, a radiophonic score to this. I'm going to yeah. make it sound like the time that it's playing. Yeah, yeah,
0: place. yeah.
2: Because he's a pop musician, Kef McCulloch. Was a backing musician for pop musicians which is why he's so good at doing everything really well yeah he knows what the genre is and he taps into that and he goes yeah it's 50s doctor who let's make you feel like the 50s
1: and that's but what no, it does. nobody could say that's inappropriate music or no, that's over f- the top or it's one no, wrong it's just it's perfect that is just a brilliant piece of for 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 what they're doing that that is the best piece of music you could possibly have
3: Okay, yes, no, I'm... Yeah. You can feel free to feel <laughs> no, disagree. Not, no, I, no, I don't. I mean, I the don't think day, Mark day,
2: day,
1: day. Ayres could have done better. Let's the With next all his airs and Graces.
2: <laughs> the next one is, uh, we're going slightly back in time, it's called Taken to the Cleaners. Oh. <laughs>
3: very hard to get excited about uh, like you two mm. seem to have a huge <clears> sort of well of uh, both nostalgia and excitement about the the music we're hearing it's just, it's just fine but it's not it's not offensive first one i didn't like that's
1: fine again well there you've got the strong percussive um, thing that that, that kef McCulloch is quite well known for the drums and he likes to have a, a synth
2: bass drum which is actually for its time absolutely what was in the charts now if you listen to pete warden's stuff which i'm not saying it was any good but if you listen to that kind of stuff he was doing in the mid to late 80s it's exactly what people were buying <laughs> can't so even so know. it's exactly what he was putting into doctor who which of course by the early 90s <laughs> dated so badly, yeah. people were saying, This is shit. Now we look back on it twenty years later, whatever. It's
3: like mm. actually he knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. so very good that, music. I, I don't know about this, but you say
1: it's contentious this music, is it? It seems like,
2: It is contentious. It's, Lads, a, it's really. very, very contentious. You say yeah. Kef
1: McCullough, most people say, Oh god, it wasn't he's horrible. Really? He's yeah, 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 not yeah, yeah. but he's not. But he's not. He's uh, that's fine, really. And I have yeah. to say,
3: not uh, not interesting, but it's
1: fine. <laughs> dear, a dear friend of mine, um, whose name is Matt Stewart, who, with whom I went to school. Name drop. Um, he, he he he's in the music industry actually, and he, he used to watch. This is Matt, the guy with the good hair, a lovely hair, lo- yeah. lovely head of hair. Very good-looking guy, very sexy.
0: I like
1: it. Um, he's he's the he's the, <laughs> He's the manager of the um, Japanese pop stars or something like that. I can't remember what they're called, but they're, they're quite well known. If, if you're trendy, you'll probably have heard of them. I've never heard of them. But anyway, he does awfully well for himself. And um, he, was, he was working with people who'd uh, done this release of, of Doctor Who music. And so they had this big TARDIS box set thing with all the, the CDs and right. all, the, all the eras. And he said, I know a friend of mine... Um, who's big into Doctor Who. And actually, he's not, had, he's not had a great couple of years, and he'd love this. So he sent it to me. So he said, well, no. Oh. <laughs> uh. So he said, I'm, I'm going to take one. And, mm. and so he texted me and said, Greg, come and meet me in town. So I met up with him and got this present. And so I've, I've been listening to the first seven Doctor's musics, and the one I keep going back to is Sylvester McCoy. That's, that's the era I keep going back to, because I think that is the best orchestral music that tells a story because you've got Dominic Glynn, you've got Mark Ayres, you've got Kef McCulloch they're all very different they're all fucking brilliant the
2: um, piece we're coming up to shortly is uh, the finale um, to um, Silver Nemesis, which is another story that we all have different views on Mm. Um, this is him doing his orchestral epic music, which is very different to um, the stuff we've been hearing uh, previously, so let's have a listen to Silver Nemesis, end of part one, when the Cybermen land in their ship.
1: I think it's really good. To me, that is Kev McCulloch by numbers. I think think it's really good.
3: That sounds like, to me, the the, the stuff that people are criticising. Those last couple of the five. That's just like, oh, more
1: crashing, crashy, sort of keyboard rashy. I'm I'm with Tom on this, I'm afraid. I mean, to me, that's a very competent musician who knows how to make a score, who's thinking, I need to make something dramatic. And it's like it's by numbers but he's clearly not inspired but he's it. escalating to a point yeah we well, really
3: yeah. used, used to at school we, uh, what we used to call music lessons there weren't really music lessons we used to fuck about uh, playing with Casio keyboards this is the sort of thing we would do
0: uh,
3: for about an hour is that not go, slightly unfair I think that's no, he's obviously right. a good musician He's obviously knows what you're doing but I think like, he's a very competent person certainly don't want to listen to that uh, outside the boundaries of a television program and you might you might
1: watch it and go oh god that music's a bit intrusive isn't it well i was saying earlier that i i listen to the seventh doctor music quite a lot i if the, if there's any i skip it's um silver nemesis and battlefield which are both Keth McCullochs, and they're both sort of by numbers kind of kind of stuff so let's it, watch,
3: it, let's play the
2: last one then you can give it your defence wow. as, as a last one this is i I've, I've thrown this in one this one at the end for a good reason because it's absolutely polarising okay. Okay. this is this is Keith McCulloch in his possibly the best stories ever scored for in a piece of music which I know will drive a wedge between many people mm. of course, of course. Ah. but it's an action sequence mm. it's from part three and it's called Dalek Hunting
3: Why do we have this section? <laughs> My every t- I every think I look forward to this segment but then I think like, like, god what a waste of time. Uh, you know, we've uh, it just I'm lost for words. You liked it then. <laughs> just I, it's just Awful! <laughs> <It's so
4: laughs> horrendous.
3: It just reminds me of those times. All as you say, the sort of the Pete Waterman rubbish. It's just, it's just synthesized keyboards wank. It's just, you know, oh, we'll have a little trumpet bit. We won't need a trumpet. We'll just have, press some crap bit, like, like voice 99 or the thing. It doesn't sound like a trumpet. It sounds like an idiot on a keyboard. There used to be, there used to be
2: a button on the keyboards. You say Phil.
3: I used to press yeah. the fill button. The only thing that could make that possibly worse is someone going, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we used to
2: do when we were kids.
1: On the old Casio yeah. tone bank. <laughs>
2: no, that was oh. a calculator, so... <laughs> Dudley, what's his name, anytime. I think, actually, that's wonderful. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> there is something because it's actually an action
1: sequence, and it works yeah. really well for the late eighties action. And do you think it, it works on screen? Do the kids like it? Yeah, they love, love it because uh, it skirts yeah. a very fine line between being incidental music and being very overbearing. It's pop, but I think it, it works yeah. as an action sequence, like you're saying. Whereas the music of, of um, um, uh, Murray Gold on the new series is just so so. Uh, over orchestralized well, so in your face that it's no longer incidental yeah, music yeah. but if you consider that um, Kef McCulloch in Remembrance of the Daleks also scores the moment at the end where the, the church bell is tolling it's, it's um, Mike's funeral played by Dursley McClendon you can you can key this in later yeah. uh, Sam it's very subtle and it's very beautiful and it's very understated yes. so I don't mind the odd moment in a hundred minute Story where he goes very over the top. I can forgive him that. Mm. That's
2: my point. But *Remembrance of the dark is an action yeah. show. Yeah. So you need to have that music to match those yeah. visuals.
1: And you can you can clearly see he's turned on by the story. You know, he's excited by what's happening on screen. It's not music by numbers it's like how can i make this even more exciting and so maybe it is a little bit over the top
2: but ye gods has he been criticized for it Mm. should just just show (coughs) you one in that final sequence it's not talking about Mm. so
3: that tom can hear it i really like it. oh thanks How does this segment go really long? That's it. <laughs> that's good.
2: <laughs> We've got one final segment in the Celestial Makoya. It's one that's very close to our hearts. It's a very quick one, and it's the Celestial Toy Room. Ah. Now in the world, the
4: Celestial Toy
1: Maker manipulates people and makes them into his plaything. And what do we have here, Tom? Well, what do we have? You've, you've been got, playing uh, with it all evening. Yes, Yeah, it's quite, it's quite playable, really. Yeah, but put it, put it away, Tom. But, but what, what toys <laughs> do we have?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, We've got a, a Dalek, a couple of Daleks, and a uh, police box.
1: Oh, Sylvester McCoy.
3: With McCoy in it. We are talking about the Dapol or Dapol,
2: depending on what part of the country you come from. Oh,
3: it's got blue. Blue tack on McCoy's foot there. Does that come with the? Uh, it no, with the that's just to make
2: sure that it's in one place. Where's, <laughs> where's the,
3: uh, where's the? Uh, oh there we go. These Daleks are good, aren't they? Actually? These, these are all based on the Daleks from *Remembrance of the Daleks*, which will no, turn you up next year. Uh, Did you hear that, listeners? But we'll just let it go. Oh,
2: hey. oh! Look at that! Bloody hell!
3: Yeah, they, 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 they move. These are lovely, aren't they? <laughs> Traction control. McCoy. Yes, it looks more like Jon Snow.
1: They're the Louis Marx Daleks. They're, they're Daypole
3: Daleks. They're great. I mean, I you know, I don't I think, think I have one of these. I think I had a couple of uh, the figures. But the Daleks are very good because you can play with them. They're not uh, replicas, are they? They're slightly off, but they're, they're really... This is different, ones, isn't it? I think you said oh, this, John, did they're, they're toys. They're not
2: collectibles. They are. Hey. You know, they're, they're made for kids, you know? Are they worth anything? now?
3: <laughs> <They're> not <laughs> after we play. Of course them. they are. Yeah. <laughs> I like them.
2: Well, you've got a story. You? You've got a story, Greg. Haven't you about your Imperial Dalek from the eighties? Mm. Haven't you? Uh, uh, the, yes. It ran off a table.
1: Well, <laughs> I was playing with it. I was playing with it with a boy who who lived down the road from me, and uh, he he broke it. That's great. it. And he was
2: a Doctor Who fan. He was very, very
1: upset. Well, I used to make him watch the Doctor Who videos. I don't think he was a Doctor Who fan necessarily, but I used to make him watch them. Right. And in fact, he had a very interesting concept of time because. He thought everything that everything you saw on a television screen was happening now, instantaneously. Right. So I remember watching Pyramids of Mars with him, and he he said, "Well, um, this this story's come up quite recently, and I think he said it was in Neighbours or something like that." And I said, "That's absolute nonsense." I said, "This this was in Neighbours. This was filmed in nineteen seventy uh, six Sorry. or whenever it was, <laughs> and um." And he said, no, 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 it's happening now because I can see it on the television screen. So I, I rewound that, that scene and played it back to him and said, do you think the actors are actually in the TV recreating this scene if I keep rewinding and playing it over and over again? Or at what point, at what point do you, do you realise that a moment of time has been fragmentised by...
3: The still going on. The fact that
1: you can record something. <laughs> something We're enjoying... it. <laughs> Uh, but, but he, he he couldn't see it he, or either that or he refused to see it which is a very interesting concept Get because, away, because obviously we have the photocopies oh, <laughs> <people> and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Sorry, Greg. Go on. Are we are. No, it's very true. It's very true.
3: You know, <laughs> people refuse
1: going? to believe that something that, as simple as time could possibly exist. Oh. And I think relativity, when um, <laughs> I, I, um, Albert Einstein started talking about it in 1905, oh. <laughs> uh, after you the mean? point, really, because uh, you know, but people sometimes worry about time terribly, don't they? This is true. The passage of time, the ageing.
3: If you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie. And we'll be
1: tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Doctor Who is copyright of the BBC. No infringements on copyright are intended. Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie? (laughs) Almost. All our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor Production.